Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, all of our listeners, and welcome to Stradio Lab, the East Coast's best podcast. George, how the hell are you? Wow. I, you know what? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm okay. I have something insane happened to me. Oh my God, please share this anecdote like a normal podcast. Like, here's the thing Have I told you about my subletter from hell? You have mentioned this evil subletter in the past. Now, for those who maybe have not kept in contact with me, um, I in in the month of November 2019, I um, had to go to the city of Los Angeles for two months and had a week to find someone to sublet my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Through a mutual friend of ours who shall remain nameless, um, I found someone who allegedly was a family friend of hers and um, seemed very sketchy, I will say, but I said, you know, it, this is a family friend. Like, my friend was like, oh, I know her aunt, or, or like, her, you know, her aunt knows my family. Like, that's how we got in touch. So I was like, you know what, this seems weird, but I'm gonna go with it. So she gets in touch. Then every time she says she's gonna come see the apartment, she either doesn't show up at all, like the first few times she just doesn't show up at all, and then the third time, finally, she's literally, like, two hours late and is lying to me the whole time. Like, it's it's literally, like, I'm on the subway. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And then in, like, 30 minutes, I'm like, what's your ETA? And she's like, I'm getting on the subway. So clearly something's off. 
She comes to my apartment, suddenly has a dog, which is something she had not mentioned before. I say, you know what, it's fine. I think my building allows dogs, whatever. Comes there. Then I say, can you pay me ahead of time? She says, well, there's this weird thing where I'm just like waiting for some money to come in. So, wait, what's that sound? I think, I think our guest is flushing their toilet. True. <laughs> no, I was just washing my hands. I was washing my hands. Drew, don't wash your hands. Drew, George is in the middle of Sorry. Drew, George is in the middle of an anecdote. Unbelievable. We are literally recording. <laughs> oh my god. Unbelievable. The point is, she moved in. Literally, again, red flags everywhere. I mean, she says Venmo doesn't work for me because, like, the company's out to get me. Then I say, well, let's do PayPal. She says, okay, then I don't hear from her again. Then I'm suddenly in L.A. talking to her once a week. Suddenly my landlord calls me tells me that he thinks she's smoking indoors. Like, it's just nonstop, nonstop. Finally, she does not pay me. I get back to my apartment. I'm After my trip to L.A., I'm texting her from the airport. I'm saying... Listen, I we agree that you would move out yesterday. I would like to go into my apartment and for it to be ready for me. She says, oh, sure, but, like, what time are you going to be here? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what time I'm going to be there because you're, you were supposed to move out last night. I don't you, – you shouldn't be there still moving out today. She says, okay, but what time? I say – I lie to her and I say two hours ahead of what, you know, when I will actually arrive because I want her to be gone. Cut to me – Arriving at my apartment at like 3 a.m. from the airport, I open the door and she is on the floor using my bath towel to, I guess, clean the floor. So she is holding my bath towel, which is completely stained all over and attempting to clean the floor with it. Um, so I say, you need to leave right now. And then she leaves. And then for the next uh, and then starts a process of me trying to get her to pay me after she has already left the apartment. Oh, also, when I <laughs> entered, I realized that my window and my doorknob were broken. So in the time that she stayed there, she broke my window, which only recently got <laughs> fixed, and my doorknob. So I was not able to open or close my door. Um, so then this is now in um, I think I got back early December. So she leaves and then starts the process of me trying to get her to pay me where every week it's a different excuse of like, Oh, yes, money is coming in. Oh, sorry, it's been a weird week. Blah, 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 blah. And then at some point I'm like, well, I've literally been scammed by this person. Um, so I just have to accept that, celebrate it, and move on. And yeah. um, then, you know, every couple of months I would get mad at this again and like text her and be like, just FYI, I'm still waiting for $1,700 from you. And she would ignore me. So, you know, I t texted her once in January, once in March, once in May completely ignored me. I then tried to get in touch through our friend with her aunt. And then her aunt sent a cryptic message. that's like, you know, I would like to help, but I don't have the best relationship with my sister. Um, so I don't feel comfortable, uh, communicating with my niece. So the point is it is now August 14th. I am, uh, I, I, I traveled a few days ago to come visit my family. I'm in my parents' house, and I suddenly get a text from this person, someone who I have not spoken to in nine months, and the text just says, wait, let me find it. <laughs> the text just says, hey, do you have Zeller Cash App? 
So she's going to pay you? Literally no recognition of the fact that she has been ignoring my text for nine months. No recognition of the fact that this was money that was owed to me like 11 months ago. Literally just a text that says, do you have Zeller Cash App? <laughs> what? <laughs> we, we had agreed to, on PayPal before, so I just replied, why does PayPal not work? And she says, I can't use it, period. I, oh my God. Well, she doesn't support Peter Thiel. That's what it is. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so this is someone who, for whatever reason, cannot use Venmo or PayPal, which are the two most popular, you know, um, payment person banking payment apps. <laughs> anyway, finally, I looked into Zelle. I signed up for it. And then, lo and behold, she literally just paid me the correct amount yesterday. No. Without addressing it. And did and then literally didn't say like, well, there it is. Like didn't even I just got an email notification that she paid it. She didn't even uh-huh. text me to say like I, you know, all good or like we're settled up. She she still has not said anything along the lines of sorry or like sorry for the delay. Literally this like I've been trying to get this money since December, since November. She has ignored me throughout and just out of nowhere paid me after nine months. Wow. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm surprised she did it. I feel like if I were like soft ghosting someone on rent, I wouldn't then like be good a few months later. I know I'd that's be, what that's like, what's run. so. Con- but that's why it's even more chaotic than her just not paying me. She's a, she's the Joker. She's what it's, the Joker she, is based she on. She literally is the Joker. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, it's so. It's like. I literally think it's scarier than if so, because I had just given up on this. I was like, you know what? It's completely, you know, it's my fault. I literally ignored all these red flags. Someone literally came, lived in my apartment, broke the window and the doorknob and then didn't pay me. You know, at some point you have to recognize like, it's kind of your fault for inviting someone then into your apartment. Never did I expect that in nine months out of nowhere, I would get a payment for the correct amount. Wow. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I... This girl, I mean, she's a good person. That yeah. sounds like a good person. <laughs> Wait, takeaway, I, didn't, right? I also I didn't mention, there are so many other things where, like, this is someone who clearly was unable to do anything, like, normally. Like, literally, I mean, it was just lie after lie after, like, weird, like, misleading comment. Like, and yet, you're, I was like, what is your job? And she goes, oh, I do branding and event planning. <laughs> I was like those like to be an event planner that means you have to be very organized. I've seen that movie. Oh yeah. I mean, was that a lie? I don't know. It's so uh. mysterious. And I was like maybe, you know, I don't want to be kind of like if this is someone who's having money problems, I don't want to be, you know, essentially like a landlord trying to collect rent from her. But then I looked into I asked our friend and she was like, "No, she literally like is rich and grew up in Park Slope." Oh, that sucks. Just she just didn't pick. She didn't feel she like just, it. I don't know. That's the thing. It, this whole thing has left me absolutely rattled. <laughs> I mean, that sounds um, crazy. I <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm sorry. I'm not better at reacting right now. Um, <laughs> it, it just feels like that was a really personal story, and it's sort of like. Like, it wraps up kind of nicely, and it's just like, okay, that's the story. You what know? if now, like, she sues me for defamation for talking about her on the podcast? I mean, I think that would be queen status. I think we would have no choice we but to stand. We would have no I choice think. but to stand. <laughs> I think, 
Uh, I definitely think it is weird and bold of you to talk about her on the podcast. She's clearly unstable. And I feel like that is dangerous territory. I don't want some Joker figure attacking me and my family. Um, That being said, I get that you need to vent. Um, I just wish you wouldn't use this podcast as an outlet to harm and dox people. I did not (laughs) think this was going to turn. I did not think I was going to get scolded for this. Yeah, George, I'm scolding you because you're abusing your power as a podcast host. And it is about time somebody took you to task. (sighs) Wow! Well, did not expect this. <laughs> I did not expect this intro to 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 to, to have this kind of um, animosity up top. How are you? I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I know for so long you thought you were too big to fail, so powerful that you could just change people's minds at the snap of a finger and, and make them bid your will. It's but, true. Yeah. Um, but that reign of terror ends now. Wow, I did um, not realize, I, th- I honestly thought, you know, it's interesting, I thought in this story I was the victim, but you really make me realize that actually I somehow am the villain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if she's Joker, you are um, a Two-Face, I want to say? Yeah! Sorry, I guess I recently watched the Batman movies. Which ones? Weirdly, like, a lot of them. I watched, okay. um, I don't, this, I'm not proud of this. Well, you uh, probably watched, watched Batman and Robin after Joel Schumacher died, is that correct? I that is correct, actually. Uh, and I watched the other one, too, Batman Forever. Mm. And and then I watched um, The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that's it, actually. But that actually oh. feels like a lot. Yeah, no, that's definitely more than I've watched in the past few months. If you're watching three Batman movies in a month, you've, you've got an issue. Sure. Um, should we, um, I think we should actually introduce our guests. We should, but also we should make a clarification, which is that this is the first time we are recording without any visuals. We are not on Zoom. We are only recording audio. We are only recording audio. And if I can be completely honest, Uh I feel free. Do you? I feel very constrained. No, I feel like I can talk without your judgment. I feel, (laughs) I feel like I can just like go, 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 go. I really think this well, is Well, I guess I'll believe that when I see it, because so far it's been pretty... Oh, you bitch! You were the... You, I'm sorry I don't have a hilarious anecdote about a bad subletter. Here's the thing with my anecdote about my <laughs> subletter. I'm already regretting it so much because I think... And listen, I'm a trained storyteller, and I think there is a way to tell that story that makes it so much more compelling. And as I was telling it, I was like, this is a dud. <laughs> well, and you like, know, as I was telling it, I was like, "Oh wait, the story is just that someone didn't pay me, but then they did." Great. In my mind, it's literally the most interesting thing that has happened to me in the past two years. <laughs> I mean, I was—if I can be completely honest—as a listener, no, I yeah. was like, "I was like, okay, I should be responding, I should be reacting." And I was like, "There's actually not much to There's respond." There's not much to. to re- no, you're right. I mean, th- I'm, I'm now—it's now crystal clear to me that I really did think. I really did think because when you go through something like this, you know, subjectively, I mean, for me, it was nonstop. I mean, to be in L.A. and suddenly realize you're getting scammed and knowing that someone is living in your apartment in New York to come back in the middle of the night and find them literally eyes bloodshot on the floor using your bath towel to to clean your floors while their stupid little dog is barking at you and then being at 3 a.m. like, please leave my apartment. And then being, it's like, what if she doesn't leave? You know, then she leaves and then it's months of me trying to get literally $1,700, which is a lot of money. 
That is a lot of money. Here's I mean, what I will say. It's enough money that I didn't like do things I would have. Like That's a significant amount of money in your bank account. Well, yeah, you were going to go to Cabo, and now you can't. Right, and now I can't. I mean, and, and <laughs> once again, I mean, I've talked about my broken window before, but I had a broken window for nine months because of this person. Here's what I want to say, George. Here yeah. is what I want to say. You know, she may have almost scammed you out and lived in your apartment rent-free, but I will say she's still scamming you because she is living in our podcast intro wow. absolutely rent-free. Rent free. <laughs> um, let's bring in our damn guest because he actually Oh my actually God, you're obsessed paying- with making me, with like shutting me up because you don't want to hear me talk about my subletter anymore. George, it's a boring anecdote. It literally, it, you know what? And thank CC. you for just saying it. Thank you for just saying what you've been thinking this whole time. After 20 minutes, I finally get some honesty. CC Chelsea Peretti, boring anecdote in progress. Unbelievable. Oh, let's God. bring in our damn guest. You're like, literally, let's bring in anyone else to say any other words than George talking about a subletter. Meanwhile, I'm trying to process a trauma with my friend, I thought. George, we are co-workers. Get it through your thick skull. <laughs> well, you know, listen, even if we are coworkers, maybe this is kind of like my version of, um, you know, water cooler talk. I'm just trying to relate to you with something. It is a story that is perfect for water cooler talk because it's like something everyone can relate with, like the indignity of being scammed. It's in no way like personal or talking about like, you know, my private life or my sex life. I mean, it's kind of the perfect, um, you know, story to like get a little small talk going. George, I have never, this is not a universal experience. I have never been scammed. I vet all of my subletters with a fine tooth comb. And you and have I, many, at any given time, you have at least seven subletters living with you up, in your one bedroom apartment. Seven. Yes, of course. And I mean, you, it's New York City. You, yeah, well, you kind of divide up your living room into little, um, you know, five feet by five feet squares, and then you rent each of them. Yeah, and I call it the, um, the Bushwick Lofts. Right, yeah, and many have called you a, a slumlord. Yeah, well, hey, uh, you, you, you know, you don't, you don't, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, right? Now that is really, really smart. Thank you. I learned it from my favorite show. Okay, succession. that's enough of you talking about your subletter. Should we bring in our guest? <laughs> wow, you are so toxic. Yes, let's bring in our guest because I literally don't know what to talk about with you. Um, he is there's no six, listen six, he doesn't need six. he doesn't need an introduction is what i said I, I was gonna give him one though i well okay if you want to kind of do something unnecessary be my guest this next guest is six foot four no. he is fluent in upwards of four languages and he is the ceo of sony please <gasps> give it up for drew anderson <gasps> Bonjour! Oh my God! Are you? In, oh my God! Um, George, I loved your. I loved your anecdote. I think the only thing that would be more brave than your anecdote would be me washing my hands in the middle of your story. <laughs> I have to say, I it truly that is, and I I mean this in the best possible way. That is a very like, I, I would say that is a very like charming you thing to do. <laughs> it that, is me. It's that is, very, that is very peak. True. 
It is peak Drew Anderson. I was just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I was like, I just, my, my hands felt gross. I was like, I need to just rinse them, but. To, to rinse your honey hands without thinking. muting in the middle of a podcast recording is one of the most iconic Psycho. things that has ever done. <laughs> it's really iconic and psychotic. Uh, yeah. I realized that I was like, should I do this? I did have a moment where I was going to stop myself, but I didn't. Well, that's almost we worse. Are. I mean, I would, I, I, think I know if you were just kind of like in the zone and you weren't thinking, then I would have excused it. But for you to stop and say, should I do this? And then decide ultimately, yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I also want to say for the listeners at home, uh, another Drew thing that Drew did was he was wearing a shirt and he rapidly changed. I don't even know when you changed, but you changed in like a one second period. And we said, did you just change? And he said, yes. And tell, tell our, our readers why. I spilled salad dressing on my t-shirt and it smelled. <laughs> and that felt so, so Drew. That's so Drew. That's so Drew. That's so Drew. Well, that's so funny. Yeah. So Drew, how? Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, you know, um, I'm okay. My anxiety has been um, at an all-time high, but today I feel a little less, you know, a little less anxious. I'm happy to be talking to you both. I oh. feel that my anxiety, it's like everything else that would prop up your anxiety is, like, I feel almost mellow in every way except I'm only driven by the residue of anxiety. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing even yeah. to warrant the anxiety. It's just that is my only driving force. Yeah, I, my brain will find things to obsess over, even if it's, you know, something ridiculous. So that's been my constant struggle. But like, this week was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as usual. Here's, here's one thing. I, I, we often, I feel like you, we, you know, when live comedy existed, we hosted a show together called yes. TV for sure years, did. even. Mm-hmm. And um, you and Marsha were always freaking out about everything. And you were always mm-hmm. like, you are so, you, you would uh, accuse me of being chill. And I would say, I'm actually not that chill. Because <laughs> you guys are fucking bonkers. <laughs> I know, that's fair. No, that is very, very, that is very, very fair. And I, I think that we were both just... I wouldn't say accuse you because that's aggressive. It was more so that we were like enamored and impressed by you because I think Marsha and I are cut from the same cloth and I hate to make it about being Jewish because everyone has anxieties, not just, you know, Jews, but like, I think Marsha and I are very much similar in that way. And I think it's, you know, some, some inherited stuff. Some of my, <laughs> my favorite things that you, I like when you would get annoyed at the temperature in the <laughs> in Union okay. Hall. That was my okay, favorite. But, but that is valid. Can we discuss temperature and comedy for a second? <laughs> Can we, do we have this There space? is literally no know conversation more relevant to our age than temperature <laughs> in comedy venues right now. With everything going on right now, I'd like to talk about temperature and comedy. Um, it's important to have a have a you know a cooler space because comedy doesn't work when it's too warm it's so, so whenever true. we go oh union yeah. whenever whenever because that's all you're thinking about is being warm it's like i barely listen to people when they're on stage if it's hot i'm not gonna listen to anything i used to host a show in boston that was in a back room that did not have any kind of 
ventilation. And so Ooh. over the summer, we would literally just have three fans at three different corners all blowing wind towards the center. And everyone was sweating. And it's like, at that point, why are you, why bother? Yeah. Like, if you have to, yeah, it's, it's like, at some point, maybe you're not meant to be hosting a comedy show in this room. Yeah, I just think, like, ugh, I don't know, comedy is so hard, and there, there's, like, there's so many things that are not in your control that it's, like, if you can control the the temp, if you can control the temp, then do it. <laughs> can I just say it? Yeah, that is so true. Also, I want to circle back to, um, George, every time you mention that you used to do comedy in Boston, I literally... You literally, you I'm, short circuit. You can't handle and it. I, I, I... I think with you, I have like, I am guilty of Boston erasure, where I really try to delete that part of your identity, and I think that is really unfair. Well, it is a part of my identity that, wow. listen, in the grand scheme <laughs> of things, I lived in Boston for only two years of my life. It just happens to be where I started comedy. So in some ways, it's it's not part of my personalities, but in other ways, it is very central to it, because that's like where I learned how to do stand-up. So Boston's like your Brooklyn. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll say this. I do hold a certain kind of, um, I do have a certain amount of pride in terms of the fact that I started doing comedy somewhere that has a normal comedy scene and not, you know, <laughs> immediately like getting on stage and just like singing a Broadway song. Wait, are you right. talking about New York? Yeah. Okay, we have a normal wow. comedy scene too. Uh, we have a normal comedy scene. I guess. Wait, is that what you think of? Is that what you think of New York comedy, George? I, no, all I'm saying <laughs> oh is my like, God. have you seen people that like? I think people that start that are like 22 or something and start yeah. in Brooklyn are at a disadvantage because they never learn the basics of like joke writing. Oh, but oh, I think, absolutely. I think we get a really weird like our sample size is bizarre because like the the Broadway comedy like overlap started really recently and i like before that it also, was like also stuff. to connie they're not on broadway i think broadway is a little generous <laughs> you're just saying <laughs> no the broadway saying? stuff meaning people who like want to be on broadway but are weirdly like doing oh, comedy. Oh, oh oh i see what you're saying okay yes 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 Yes, um, I mean, I do think, uh, ugh, I, you know what, we can't. I was about to now talk about L.A., and we can't. I actually would rather shoot myself in the eye. Yeah. No, talk about sure. L.A. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's even worse to start in L.A. Can you imagine starting in L.A.? Um, no. I, think, I don't think they actually, like, have a scene at all. No. One time, last I time I was in L.A., like... someone that's literally, like, a respected comedian with many specials did an entire set about like doing punch-ups on a movie and like that like oh, yeah. that was the baseline of it. Yeah. Um wait. Is this boring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's good to check in. It's good to check in. I think it's so important sometimes when you're recording a podcast to see outside of yourself and be like, wait, yeah. am I being really Is boring? This boring? Yeah, no. I mean, I I think it's I think it's always good to check in. I don't think it's boring, but maybe it's boring to the listeners who don't do comedy. Drew, but maybe... you live with two lesbians. <laughs> yeah, got him. Yeah, how is Explain that? Okay. that. Pivot. What was? How is that? Yeah. Changed my entire life. Yeah. For the absolute best. It does seem like it has been good for you. 
It's been really good for me. I mean, luckily I've had mostly good living situations in New York, barring a few, but like living with two women who are married and are a really great example of just like a loving couple who supports each other is like, is amazing. I didn't know they were it's married. amazing. They're married. Yeah, Laura and Kate. They're they're married. <laughs> Live with them. <laughs> in I, Bushwick. Love, I love that you drop Laura their Kate. names as if we'd be like, oh, Laura and Kate. Oh, yeah, 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 Laura and Kate. Oh, yeah, I know, I know they're married. Yeah, okay, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Laura and Kate, babes. Um, they're yeah, they're they're married. Uh, they're so great. They're just like, you know, it's it's. They really take care of each other. They've t- they took care of me during quarantine and still do. We cook together. We hang out a lot. They're great. So, which of them do you think is the Ellen and which one is the Portia? <laughs> That's a great, great question. Um, I actually think I think that uh, no, I won't answer that. Actually, it'll, it'll be. Oh wow! Pleading that. the fifth. Oh this wow! Is oh, awesome. Pleading the fifth. George, I actually in your relationship, which one is the Ellen? Which one is the Portia? I guess yeah. that's, I mean, I, this is something, let me think. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, mm-hmm. but I do sure. think something that I have been enjoying about my current relationship is that both of us are able to switch back and forth between being like the star and the supporter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so great. That's vital it's such a like i feel like it's such a um what's the what's the balancing act i guess and so far it is working well and that's honestly something i didn't i feel like that's like such a uh an unspoken problem with many people we know that are both kind of like working in creative fields or are attempting to have any kind of public profile and dating each other is that there can only be one person that's that gets attention right right yeah I, I think, I think for, yeah, I mean, I think that I've also witnessed that with, with my roommates too. Um, they're very much, there's, there's like a really nice, uh, give and take in that regard. Um, and they're not even in the arts. It's just, that's, that's what I've witnessed. It's really, Oh, really well then I don't nice really to want say. to hear anything else about that. <laughs> <laughs> Industry only. I mean, to be gay. What are they, an accountant and a dentist? Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. To be gay and not, not be in the, the arts, arts is hard. It, it, it really is. I mean, that to, it is one of those things where you're like, well, maybe, I, like, you didn't really get the assignment. Yeah, it's sort of like, okay, your internalized homophobia is, like, tearing your life to shreds. Every time I read something that's, like, the first gay doctor, I'm like, this is so hateful. Like, why do you yeah. not feel secure enough in yourself to be an old comedian? Yeah. Well, actually, I will say... I will say that they are like both artistic and, and uh, Kate is an amazing singer. She gives voice lessons. Laura's hilarious. She's really funny. So it's like, they have a little touch, you know? Stop defending them. <laughs> Drew, also you, you should know in the year 2020, it is a slur to call people a little artistic. I know. I, as the words left my mouth, I was like, you can't say that. You can't say If someone ever was like, George a little, is a little, a little artistic, I'd kill myself. <laughs> I mean, that is really so sad. 
It's like just yeah, I, you're right. Oh, oh, it stings. Is Ouch. that is that going to be the name of this episode? So artistic. <laughs> so artistic. Uh, a little artistic. Wait, I like that as a slur though. Like to to kind a of hide artistic. if you're saying something negative about someone and wink and be like, uh, oh yeah, I've I've met um I've met uh, Kayla. She's a little artistic. <laughs> yes. I yes. mean, it definitely is like a gay. It feels like it's calling someone like light in the loafers or something. Yeah. Wait, my yeah, favorite tweet yeah. of all time is um, it's this tweet um, that goes. Uh, uh, wait, it is <laughs> vaccines. So, what if vaccines make your kids artistic? That doesn't always mean they're gay. <laughs> I know, George. That's one of mine too. It's so good. It's literally like one of my favorite tweets ever written. Wow, <laughs> it's so good. Um, reciting tweets on our podcast. Stop it! I, I knew you were gonna I'd fucking. I knew you were gonna day. go for me. It just. I never thought I'd see the day. You know what? what was I'm one... grasping at straws. I'm trying. Listen, I was not expecting my subletter story to land with such a thud. I mean, at this point, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what if a little artistic was a slur? What if I recite a tweet? Just let me try. I mean, I'm, I'm, re- I'm truly, I'm sinking. It's like that scene in. Um, you know, get out where he goes into the sunken place, except there's no racial allegory. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like get out at all. If there's no racial allegory, it's not like get out. Like, well, did you think get out was about race? <laughs> I thought it was just kind of like a fun, scary movie. I love to be, I love a, a little like thrill. Just a little, a little Allison Williams vehicle. Yeah, I that... thought it was a really good role for Allison Williams. <laughs> that is a um i love that as a take it's someone who's like oh i like i just I don't mean, even see race in it it's it's just a fun yeah. film like we don't have to make it about that don't like, why everyone needs to stop politicizing the work of jordan peele <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly just making fun yeah. horror movies i mean that that um yeah. that other movie he did us i mean that was kind of a classic universal um tale of family drama so true so true and you know the internet these days is always trying to politicize everything it's so it's annoying true. and he has said um, himself please don't <laughs> when you see my movies please don't in any way associate them with politics or current events he's always right. he's actually always saying that <laughs> <laughs> um i've got an idea and i think i know yeah. what it's gonna be well, let's do our first segment Drew, in our Ooh. first segment, we ask, it's called Straight Shooters, and we ask you a series of rapid-fire questions where you have to choose one thing or the other thing. And it, the, the goal of this game is to <laughs> gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture, and yet you are not allowed to ask any further questions about how the game works or any clarifications. And also, um, now we can begin. Sam... Okay, Blink-182, Sum-41, or TI-89? I'm going to TI-89, the calculator. Yes. Venture capital or private equity? Venture capital. (laughs) Having a best man at your wedding named Shane, or having a best man at your wedding named Gavin? (laughs) Oh. I'm going to go with Shane. Provocateur, entrepreneur, or restaurateur? (laughs) Uh, Restaurateur. 
boot cut or painter's jeans? Painter's jeans. <laughs> okay, spelling folks with an X or spelling women with a Y? Women with a Y. Old man in the sea or old navy? <laughs> um, old man in the sea. Wow. Duolingo or Duolipa? <laughs> Duolipa. Wow. Now we have to rate you on a scale of 1 to 1,000 doves. Sam, what do you think? I think it is um, 492 doves. Correct. Okay. (laughs) Decent. Decent. Uh, uh, Drew, how does that make you feel? I mean, on that scale, you gave me 492. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's like pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. No, you're failing. It's not great. (laughs) <laughs> it's not great Drew were you a good student I was a really good student yeah yeah really uh, good I was um did you just yeah, say really because Sam I... <laughs> he was a really good student <laughs> yeah were you I was a, good a really student? good yeah, student yeah really <laughs> <laughs> no you you meant it like really good yeah cause you said you were really yeah. good and I was like whoa he's not just good he's really good well yeah because I was like I like put, I honestly, I put all of my energy into studying and, and I was president of my high school and I worked really hard because I was just like so deeply in the closet. Whoa. That's how I, yup. I do think, you know, shame really makes people good learners. Yeah, exactly. Shame can be incredible in that regard. I think It that, can push you. <laughs> yeah. So many gay people are psychopaths yeah. in high school because they're, you know, that's all they can focus on is like, yeah working and um, yeah I just like kept I just kept moving 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 because I was so anxious about being gay it's so interesting that you go from being um, not you uh, gay people in general you go from being (laughs) kind of an overachiever in that way and then you come out and then you're like well now I have to think about um, like (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I mean, like, like think about, like, your body. Like, just all the things that you were avoiding because you were like, well, I can't even think about my physical form. Now suddenly yes, you're that's that's 22. such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a big overcorrection, I think. When, there's an overcorrection. But then people are like, but then people take it too far in the other direction, which is why I think you should just stay in the closet. <laughs> that's ultimately, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I, I think you should just keep letting that shame propel you because it might lead you to better things than coming out. Yeah, you could be like a mayor. <laughs> I mean, do you think Pete Buttigieg would be where he is right now if he was not closeted forever? Yeah, I, I would say he probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's even sadder that where he is right now is like not even that good. He's in Indiana. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's true. He's in Indiana, honey. That's true. Would you rather be? But he did just sign. He did just sign with CAA, though. So we, oh, you know, we him. have to celebrate Has that. Has Kamala signed with CAA yet? <laughs> What'd you say? What if Kamala was announced as a VP pick, and then the next day, the next announcement was like, and she signed Gersh. with CAA. <laughs> she signed with Gersh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next. Yeah, I would. Lo- I would die for that. Yeah. Does Does That's CAA also represent Chaston or? I'm sure, babe. I think they do. You I would, a, I think they they you know. they have the same reps. Do you think Do you think Pete was like, no, we have to have the same reps? And do you think Chaston was like, well, I really like the UTA agents were much nicer, and I really felt like a connection with them. 
I think it's... I think they probably both both went with CAA. <laughs> I mean, you gotta go with the best, right? If you're gonna do it. <laughs> I wonder who represents Chastin's ghostwriter. Uh-oh. Oh. Wait, you know... Who did that? Do you know? You know, yes, right? Yes, I know. Oh, that's right. I did mention it on our podcast. I mentioned it on a different podcast. But I know who wrote, who ghost wrote Chastin's memoir, but I can't say it. What? What happens if you say it? I can't. I mean, it's someone that people it. know. It would, literally, my life would be over. Aaron Jackson. It's Aaron Jackson. Wow, yes. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Wait, that's crazy. What is it? I, like, is it just, the, is the book just about his life? Yeah, it's a memoir. Drew, awesome. um, it's called a memoir. It's a type of Look book that's about someone's life. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you've read you. Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I love Bossy Pants. Does that ring I a bell? Yeah, it sure does. Okay. Thank you. Okay, we need to talk about. Okay, Bossy Pants is the Lizzo of books. Oh my God. That that's so such, a, it's such an intense accusation. Yeah, can you, wait, elaborate, elaborate. Okay, it's one of those things that, like, people were obsessed with, like, truly, genuinely obsessed with for, like, a year, and it was like, of course, that's, we all agree this is inherently good, and then, like, something turned, and it became, like, sort of the punchline and, like, symbol of, like, lame and basic. But in my mind, Tina Fey is lame and, or, like, sorry, I would not actually posit that, but the, the idea of Tina Fey there has been backlash to it in a very different way than Lizzo. Like with Lizzo, the backlash yes. is that people yes. think she's corny, whereas with Tina Fey, the backlash is that people think she has like blind spots in her comedy. I agree. But also, but I'm talking, I'm literally not talking about Tina Fey. I'm talking about bossy pants as a work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so but I also think pants. like, I also think the difference is like, I think people have since learned things about Tina Fey. And, and I think that, helps like in, now inform your decision about her and her book. Whereas Lizzo, it's like, I think it's more so the annoying fans who have, have uh, informed how we feel about her, don't you think? And you know, I, you know, I come from, I guess, a different background. I feel like the, the, the most of the joy of making fun of bossy pants, not Tina Fey, bossy pants, is sort of, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an anger at like, the fans of like UCB and sort of like yes, lame yes. improv student style person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I actually, and then what do you... I don't think it's her politics that is turning people off. I think it's the fans too. You think I, it's I the actually, fans? I guess I wasn't aware of that. Bossy pants had such a vocal backlash. <laughs> 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 I think bossy pants. It's it's not that it has a backlash. It's just become I feel like a go to punchline. Yeah. yeah. Again, I do think that might well, be in our own micro community. <laughs> no, my my experience is universal. I, oh, I'm, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, it's I'm like literally like during the presidential debate, everyone's like, well, I'm he's the bossy pants of candidates. It's like Biden. <laughs> Don't yeah. It's I just hate, like this universal punchline. Yeah. I... I do hate sometimes being like, oh, right, I'm, like, in a very specific sect of people. Like, I, yeah. I'm always like, no, my ideas are... <laughs> the ideas yeah, are but like, like, Yeah, oh. but, like, there's... Specifically with, like, improv and sketch, it's like, we were, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I know you were too, Sam. We were all, like, very excited in, in that world. Oh, but I was it's like, there's hard. been... 
honey, there was a real, there was a reckoning, and then we were like all embarrassed. <laughs> Luckily, whereas we, I never had to have a reckoning when I was performing in Louis C.K.'s home club in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So our topic today. Yeah. Is I've oh. Is um prom. Did you have a oh, realization yeah. mid-sentence there, Sam? <laughs> I Well, I was thinking a little out loud. I was like, wait, what is our topic today? Uh-huh. It's prom. It's prom. Uh, it's prom, which is a dance that high schoolers go to when they're juniors and seniors. Okay. Sure is. As someone who did not go to high school in the country of the United States, can you two explain to me what prom is? Yes. So it's just the big end of the, of like, the year dance like usually it's every school is different but usually there's just one big prom it's your senior prom so the seniors go sometimes there's junior prom i don't know how it was at your school but we only had senior prom oh yours was exclusive mine was extremely inclusive it was juniors and seniors oh Um, okay yeah you could go like if a senior brought you to prom you could go well, I mean, um, of course. So was that a big and political I, thing where there were like girls that were, or guys even, who were like freshmen and sophomores and they were going to prom and they were like the cool ones? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you got invited yeah. to prom before your junior year, you were like hot shit. Like you were I went three, I went three years in a row. That no. is, I imagine, yeah. one of the few nice things about being gay in high school. Is you get invited yes. to prom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah drew why were you being invited so often because like i was just in high school i was just like very visible because i was doing all these clubs and i was nice and closeted so i think people just like just knew who i was and knew that i was nice and easygoing so i think like you know i did a lot of theater you know i knew a lot of of straight women so they all just invited me like, I think that I was just kind of like a safe choice. You were their little pet. <laughs> I was their little pet, you know? There was no expectation to do anything. You know, it was just like, I was this kind of sexless, sweet boy. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. Um, you know? Did you have fun when you went? Um, like, I, I remember having fun, but I also remember being uncomfortable because it's like, you're you're there and I felt like I felt a little bit strange because it's this you know huge moment for this senior and I was just like I'm I don't know any of these other people and I was just kind of standing there but I also did I also did drink a lot which is you know not a huge surprise but I'm not a big drinker so I (laughs) I just got like real real drunk real drunk did so these was it like we're going as friends or was there like a little bit of like well it's it's romantic like, like, okay, so let's see. I went with my best friend's, uh, my best friend Josh's sister, Jody, um, when I was a sophomore. God, Shout to name to your Jody. kids Josh and Jody, that is so wholesome. <laughs> Drew and jo- Josh and Jody, yeah, yeah, that is wholesome. <laughs> um, and then so there was no expectation there because, like, she felt like my family, 
And then my junior year, I went with my cousin. Ella. No. <laughs> Oh my god, my Drew, the fact that you oh. went to prom three times in a row is seeming less and less cool the more details I hear about it. Yeah, you really, you really drop yeah. that as if you were like a hot drop shot. Like, and it's like, not, to brag, not to brag, but I went to prom six years in a row. We were with my mom, one I was alone and no one invited me. And one I was actually a well, was it? Yeah, I was you the know, caterer two years. Uh, I was the, I was the, no, I, I went to a... I went to one um, on Long Island with my cousin because she needed a date, um, and I can't it is help a little but ask, sad. like, yeah. what was her deal bringing her cousin to prom? Wow, her deal her. was like, <laughs> yeah, Sam. Her deal was she didn't she didn't have anyone to bring. She knew I was nice, and uh, you know we'd have a good time, and so she asked me to come. So I did, and it was like totally fine, and I. I, I did feel a little bit bad, but, like, also, you know, sometimes you don't have a date. Sometimes you need help. You know, a wow. recurring theme in, in these stories, Drew, is how nice you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> and in my experience, you're a huge bitch. <laughs> I know. I, well, it's funny that you say that because I think I, pres- I, I get off on the fact that I present as nice. Me too. But... Yeah, I think when you get to know me, I definitely have a bitchy side and I can be a little biting. But I don't really like to let that out for just just anyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way. I think that is honestly one of the most beautiful parts of being gay is um, mm-hmm. presenting as nice and then being literally a depraved monster. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. you, can choo- you, you, you can choose who your family is and you can also choose who you're going to be a bitch to mm-hmm. or who you're going to let... Exactly. And it is everyone depending on the audience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun to be like, like, I also am like, I'll be mean to people and I'll be like, sort of um, bitey. And like, I also will be like, kind of nasty sometimes. And I'll be like, like, present like slutty or gross. And I'm like, this is fun because everyone knows I'm like a sweet boy. And I'm starting to be like, maybe not anymore. Like, maybe I feel the same can... way. I, I feel actually the same way. It's because I, because actually, I think this is also similar to how, like, I was such a good student in high school. And then I think I just always had it in my mind, like, no matter what I do, I like identify as a good student. And then I slowly worked less and less hard. And then at the end of college, I was like, wait, am I, can I actually call myself a good student anymore? <laughs> or do I, or was I just a good student in eighth grade? And I think that's kind of how I feel about being a nice person where I like, I think of myself as being very like kind and generous and and helpful. And then I'm like, let's look at the facts. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit resting on our laurels. uh, Definitely. It's like resting uh, on our laurels because at one point we were so, uh, you know, deeply kind of like repressed that it, you know, it came out in a very meek, um, you know, quiet, nice uh, yes. personality and it's like when was the last time i actually acted like that who knows <laughs> it's been years it's been yeah long. i fall i fall back into that with my family though sometimes i kind of fall back into that dynamic really easily wait yeah, are you quiet true. and nice with your family do i act nice yeah very much so oh interesting yeah. i'm like so well i don't know i mean it's also like whatever i i grew up in a like very loud I, it just, okay. it, it literally, like, all guards are down when I'm home. I'm absolutely silent around my family. Really? Like, 
Are you saying? Yes, like to the point where Misha gets like annoyed when we go visit my parents and he'll be like, why don't you talk? And I'm like, this is how I am with them. Like I just fully turn off. It's crazy. Wait, that's what, so what crazy. do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. I was always, I think it's a hard, I don't, I honestly don't know what it is because I don't think it's a good quality and I like wish I could be more open and fun and myself, but I'm always very shut down when I'm around them. Wow. Um, uh, well, wait, Drew, what family member yeah. did you take to prom your senior year? <laughs> um, so senior year was huge because I, um, <laughs> my best friend growing up, Allie, um, we promised to each other when she moved to LA from New York in, t in uh, sophomore year that um, it was very dramatic. She was like, I'm moving away. Let's promise to each other that I'll go to your prom in New York and you'll come to my prom in LA. So, so you I went, went to two. You did so a she flew bi coastal in. prom. Bi coastal I did a bi coastal prom. prom. Bi coastal prom. She came to my prom um, and, uh, you know, in New York and then I flew to LA. <laughs> I have this to say, so Drew, stupid. that does really make up for the rest of your proms the fact that you had a bi coastal prom in senior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that I, I know the whole me going with my cousin through everyone for a loop <laughs> knocked me down a little bit. But yeah, this was like pretty crazy. I have a question. Do what is a corsage? What is a corsage? That's the one that goes on the wrist or the one that goes in the shirt? It goes on the wrist. But like, I just remember that was one of those American things that once I found out what it was, I was like, oh, this country's. Something's off here. <laughs> I, I will say prom never feels natural. Like, it's not like, no. oh, here we go. Like, like I do feel like, like things like Christmas are bizarre, but they feel like you're like, okay, I've done this enough where this is like, it feels normal to like put like ornaments yeah. on a tree well, or whatever. But like, what I think that like, never feels there's an, un there's like kind of an underlying sadness with prom because it's like, I feel like straights especially like feel like it's their big moment. Cause it's like, I don't know if they'll have that moment again. <laughs> Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe, the, like, maybe at I, their wedding. Yeah, at their wedding. That's why, like, straight people get really excited about these kind of things. But, like, I was never... It never was that exciting to me because I think in the back of my mind, I was like, this won't be my last time. And it's true that you have actually kept going to prom every year since graduating. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I've been going, I, you know. I've been going all kinds. And you always, yeah. bring, you always bring an age-appropriate date. You go with someone of your, you know, same age as you that you're dating, just you go to a high school prom. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I really wanted to, I think I was on the prom committee at one of my high schools. Because now, I what thought does that be, entail? So that is like the planning stages. And you get to like pick the theme and stuff. Oh, God. And I remember thinking wow. it would be so funny to do like like I wanted to do like a funny theme, uh, like <laughs> like like shipwreck or something. Like I thought it would be funny to like <laughs> uh, kind of you know put my little Sam spin on it and make it a little bit weird and alternative comedy. -y. I like wow. that shipwreck was your example of making it a little weird. Well, it was sort of playing with the form because it's like not that weird where it's like, like they thought it was like pretending to be normal. Like I was oh, like, oh, interesting. Like it was like, how funny yeah. would it be to be like shipwreck or like under the sea? And they're like, ooh, that's fun. And I'm like, you dummies. Obviously, yeah. Like in your mind, you're like, oh my God, they are falling right into my trap. <laughs> Could you 
imagine if you roll up to prominence shipwreck theme? Come on. I, think I that's have to awesome. say, I, I, it doesn't, I, no offense, but Under the Sea, first of all, seems completely normal to me. <laughs> George, people don't belong under the sea. This is an absurd premise. Yeah, well, it's a theme. Just like a theme can be, you know, um, uh, you know, cowboys, but it doesn't mean you're going to get shot. Okay, genius, yes. genius George, what um, <laughs> yes. would, would your prom theme be? Okay, yeah, that's a good be? question. So um, I would say my prom theme would be uh, the future. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. Thank you. That's a good one. I think that the, I, whenever I think about prom themes, I always just think about Never Been Kissed. What was their theme? Like, it was like famous couples throughout history. Oh my God. <laughs> And everyone dressed... I thought it was such a good theme. Wow, silence. <laughs> I thought it was a great... Okay, what, if, if you were trying to... Here's what I want to know. If you're trying to sabotage a prom, what is the theme okay. that you pick? Oh, I think yeah. actually the best... For, I think a really fun sabotage of the prom theme would be um, airport. <laughs> airport? Wait, in what way are you trying to sabotage it? Like, are you trying to sabotage... Like, make it, like, just like make it bad not sterile oh okay so just like, like what's the like, worst okay. theme you can think of yeah what's the worst theme? okay i guess yeah. my worst um, theme would be like something like racist oh no yeah. george not that i mean then i would really sabotage it if i made the theme you know uh problematic <laughs> halloween costumes <laughs> okay that actually is a really good theme Thank um, you. Uh, the the school that was like the school that was right next to mine did like a colored theme um, for their for their prom. Wait, oh and God. they did yes, yes, and it was horrible. Wait, horrible. I'm sorry, like, the theme like, was like, colored. People, people wore yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They they picked the, a specific color. It was I can't even remember. It was like they picked like it was like a purple color, and everyone had to wear purple. Oh, I, the exact I thought you were doing something like they did, like literally they were like, our prom is racist. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, well, that sounds awful too. Yeah. The thing yeah. also about prom is like the, the looks are always so bad and no one even thinks they look good in the moment. They like, they're like, I like, I guess girls think they look good and they're like prom dresses. I bet you though that's changing because now everyone is being a fashionista on social media, and I feel like now kids that are eighteen are showing up in like, you know, supreme like streetwear. Yeah. <laughs> no, they yeah. wouldn't be let in. There's a strict dress code to prom. Is there? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. This is a sacred night for Americans. I have to everywhere. say, I understand that the dresses are bad, but to me, there's nothing worse than the male outfit. Like when you see guys yeah, that yeah. have like a colored vest, like a powder blue yeah. vest or like a flower that matches the corsage it's really very sad i i don't think i don't know for every gay person on earth prom photos are like a weird blackmail like they're <laughs> like just like a, a a stain on their past that can be dug up at any time yeah huh. like george That's i mean like drew we could dude. literally ruin your life if we found these pictures of you with your cousin at prom Honey, I'll send them to you, babe. I got no shame. I'll send them. Oh, the I'll black man's not working. I don't care. I was going to make you sell us $1,700 in order to... <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying to get past it. No, it's... Yeah, I'm sorry, George. God. Um, That's crazy. I'm glad you got the money, though. Thanks. 
We love that. We love that. <laughs> okay, here's my final question. Okay. Okay. George, I guess you can't answer this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's only for Drew. <laughs> Drew, when you yeah. went to prom senior year, uh-huh. Uh-huh. do you remember what song came on that made you absolutely get buck wild? Oh my god, let me think. Hold on. Um, let's see. So this was 2004. I'm revealed. Oh my gosh, you, you know what? It, you know what? It was. What? I know, I just revealed how old I am, but it's fine. You know what it was? What? There was two songs. It was um, <laughs> it was Christina Milian, Dip It Low. Yeah. I fucking love <laughs> oh, that's that a song. Great song. That's a hit. It's such a good song, and it was a hit at that time. And also, it was Yeah by Usher. Oh. oh. <laughs> Everyone went... Gosh. Everyone went wild for that, for Yeah, specifically. It was yeah, like it was... one of those songs that just... Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Wait, can I actually confess something? Yeah. Sure. When I was still living in New Jersey, there was at one point some kind of assembly where I performed in a parody of Yeah under the rap name Little George. (laughs) George? Like, I was doing the Little John part, and then my friend, well, I mean, we haven't spoken in years, but... Um, my friend at the time, whose name is Asher, was like the Usher part, and so when it was like Usher, he was like Asher. <laughs> wow! Oh my God! Okay, so so what? yes, my other friend was named Nathan, and I guess just went with Nate Dog, even though it was ludicrous and not Nate Dog that was in that song. Wow! <laughs> yeah, two thousand four was a big was a big year for pop music. Was that that was the year of um. What was that Snoop Dogg song Avril. that everyone liked? Um, oh, it, like it was hot. Drop It Like It's Hot. Drop It Like It's Hot, that was, yeah. That was a huge year. And also, it was... Um, I mean, Usher just had a huge year. He, that was also the year of, of Burn. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was like Confessions, part one and two. Yes, yes. It was yeah. also Avril Lavigne had a moment that year. I mean, it was... She was like... Yeah. And Ashley Simpson... Too. <laughs> <laughs> that was her year. That was her year. Oh my god. Um, George, do you think you understand prom now? Wait, I want to say one thing. The other day I was like, okay, sure. and by the other day I do mean years ago, I said something. I was like trying to relate to someone by being like ironically liking Evanescence and being like, okay, Evanescence like did that. Ha ha ha. And then this yeah. friend of mine was like, dragging me for for thinking evanescence could even be appreciated ironically and i had to say actually i think evanescence can be appreciated ironically oh 100 percent. if you're still in a place where you feel the need to shame someone for liking evanescence that means you haven't dealt with your high school trauma that is true. true you're holding on to some form of power that is clearly based on high school you have to agree I... that that song where she, where the guy's like wake me up <laughs> That's a good song. Oh, that's that's a vibe. Like Evan, that is a vibe. That's, that's like a vibe. And then the ballad where she's like, uh, <laughs> "What's the ballad where she's like?" Wait, I'm looking it up. I don't remember. I keep wanting to sing every time by Britney Spears. I keep wanting to be like, "What's the one where she's is like?" Fallen. No, it's me. <laughs> I love that Evanescent song. I love. Wait, she, they should cover it. Wait, but you know what I mean. It's the one. My that, immortal. My, my immortal. immortal. Like my immortal is a classic. 
Wait, how does that go? Agree. It's like, um, I'm never not again, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's like, Drew, like what? <laughs> Drew, what? <laughs> you got the vibe of it. That's what Wait, it sounds like. Wait, hold on. Like. Let me like it's actually like, remember how it goes. I'm so tired of being Oh, here. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not yeah. going to sing the whole song. I mean, I'm looking at these lyrics and they're These insane. wounds won't seem to heal. Um, yeah. This pain, this pain just is too just real. too real. There's okay. just too much that time cannot erase. Okay, yeah, that's a that's hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. That's I'm a sorry, hit. But I was definitely doing... If you can't recognize that that's a hit, I mean, that's dark. I mean, Yeah, no one should shame you for that. Absolutely I, not. Yeah, I feel like there's something about growing up and being like, like letting go of the hate of like stupid music. Like as soon as you're like, okay, no, I actually just am gonna listen to Ashley Simpson, and it's not yeah. gonna be yeah like stupid, and it's like, why not? Like who cares? But also like also music has like especially pop music has gotten so terrible that it's like to hear those songs, it's like yeah, it's a little cheesy, but a lot of those songs are actually really good. <laughs> like I'm being serious, <laughs> Ashley Simpson. Some of the, I mean, she's I mean laughable, but some good pop songs. I mean, they're pop it's songs true. Lava. Lala's a great pop song. Um, Pieces of Me is a great pop song. It's a great pop song. I do think it's so funny to um, be like, pop music now is really bad. But back then, like to be like a like a grumpy dad about music, (laughs) but about like this shitty. But it's about Ashley Simpson. Simpson. (laughs) Like now that was real music. Like. No, but I just mean like everything's auto tune, and it's like when I listen to the radio now, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah and Ashley not- Simpson was singing live. <laughs> she was, was she's totally incredible. <laughs> what if like we didn't? We player. just like didn't know that literally Ashley Simpson is most known for lip syncing, and we kept being like, I mean, no one sings live like Ashley Simpson anymore. <laughs> she had the pipes, babe. She had the pipes. I know. She had Listen, the pipes. Drag me. I, I don't know why she was my my go to, but like. I mean, listen. Can I also She's say got good, some good songs? A peeve yeah. of mine is when people are like, "Nope." I mean, it's just an incredible pop song. Like, I feel like it's like people being like, "Bro." Oh my god! Yeah, about... when people try to be sciency about it. Yeah, it's like yeah, no, it's yeah. just a great pop song. It's like, oh, shut yeah. up! It's dumb as hell, just like all of them, and I love just enjoy it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was like literally what I just did <laughs> on this podcast. Okay, here's what I will say. You know what is a great <laughs> oh, pop song? Uh, yeah, by Usher. You know, that is just yeah. a great pop song. It is. Song. That, I it's would say that about Yeah, by Usher. That it is just a <laughs> yeah, great yeah, pop yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is. I mean, the that simplicity so of him, the chorus is just, yeah. I think I do that when I'm, when I'm like feeling a little anxious about my love of it. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like coming from, sci- from science. There <laughs> is science well, to back me up. I agree with you, Sam, that it is annoying when people say things like that, but then other other times there will be songs that are, like, bad pop songs, and you want to, like, make a distinction between that and, like, a good one. I do think it's yeah. hard to tell, though, because even bad pop songs are, like, I feel like with a, a little dose of irony, then it's like, well, now I actually love this. Wait, have you heard the new Jordan Sparks song, Red Sangria? <laughs> I, I, saw no. the, like, I saw the 30-second clip that people were sharing on Twitter. Like, that's iconic. It's so funny. <laughs> Wait, Drew, have you heard it? No, I haven't. Okay, we'll play it here. It's it's just hold on, let me find the lyrics. Red sangria. The lyrics are 
God damn it. Okay, well... <laughs> the lyrics are... You're drinking me up like a red sangria. Drinking me up like a red sangria. <laughs> Signing you up, yeah, it's a done deal. You're drinking what? me up like a red sangria. <laughs> no. Yeah, and that's a good pop song. Yeah. It's just an incredible pop song. That's a good pop song. I mean, say what you will about pop, but that's a great pop song. That's a great that's- pop song. Wait, also, you know, that people say that, that it's like straight, it's like... When randomly, like, a straight guy will be like, actually, Taylor Swift, like, it, she's, like, a good, like, songwriter. Oh, it drives me crazy. You know, honestly, it's like, a little bit, we're kind of dragging, like, slate culture gab fest people. We, that's exactly that. what we're dragging. And you know what? It's been a while since we've talked about the slate culture gab fest, which, <laughs> may I, may, might I add, has gone downhill since quarantine started. Uh, honestly, and I have to say it is, you're totally right. I am. I agree. It's literally, like, I totally agree. do you listen to Drew? Yes, I do. Wow. Oh my God, thank God. Well, why, why didn't we talk about that from the very beginning? <laughs> I know. Our topic should be slate culture gap fest. We should actually do, we should do an episode just about the slate culture gap fest. I think that would be genius. Wait, um, yeah, it has gone completely downhill, but they also are the kings and queens of having literally like a man on who's like, Taylor Swift is actually a pretty good songwriter. Like... I mean, yeah, and then and then like very performatively being like her best album. I'm like one of those people who liked Reputation. <laughs> yes, yeah, I listened to that episode that you are referencing exactly, and it was that guy, and he was like, you know, it's just a great. She just writes a great song. She's a great pop writer, and you know, say what you will about you know the topics that she's covering or, or her fan base, but what she is, she's a great pop writer. It's just yeah, like, shut up. That? Why does ever? Why do, why do men feel they need to overcompensate? It's, just shut up. Just shut up. It's a stupid. It's, it's a stupid song, and it's fun. Well, because they, do, yeah, they don't want to be. They, God forbid, someone thinks they're gay. Right. For just enjoying a song, you can just enjoy a song. You don't need. To you know, say now that it's no longer now that it's no longer acceptable to be like she's a hot chick. The new version of that is that's a great pop song. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's literally like because you can't be uh, sexist, now you have to, like, make up some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to co- George, that's right. You have to come at it, you have to come at it from science. Yeah, it's like, You're you have to just science. say some Structure. bullshit. Just shut Structure. up. Yeah. Okay. Th- okay, that is genius. I think we should do our final seg. Okay, um, Drew, yes. our final segment is called Shoutouts, and it is where we pay tribute to one of the biggest... Uh, crowning achievements of straight culture, which is a radio shout out. And actually, Sam, I think I have one. Okay, I think I have one too. Okay, what's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to the edible my sister gave me last night when I was jet lagged and it was at 3 a.m. And then I ate the edible at 3 a.m., was wide awake, and then at 5.30 when I was still wide awake, boy, did I start tripping balls. And it happened (laughs) as I was... I'll say it's sitting on the toilet to pee. Uh-oh, and then sitting. I felt like I could not get up and also that the stream of pee was a um, like a rope that was tying me to the toilet. Oh, and God. so then I finally did get up and went to bed and then I slept for 10 full hours and woke up at 4 p.m. today. And then I had breakfast and recorded this podcast. Woo! Woo! Wow. That's incredible. I'm sorry that happened and also no. congrats, I guess. I mean, it's fine. It was yeah. not, it, it was not, I have to say, I hadn't ingested uh, weed of any kind in oh, definitely over a year. Maybe even Whoa. two. Yeah, I, I'm not a big... Did, did you trip? 
I wouldn't say trip. I mean, I was exaggerating a little bit, but like it definitely made me feel like a, you know. Yeah. You know, Drew actually gave me an edible over quarantine that um, was maybe the best day of my life. I was so high, but in like the perfectly fun way. Oh, um, Sam, that I, makes me so happy. It was incredible. I felt, I felt great. <laughs> um, okay, I'll do mine now. Okay. What's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to Yellow Gatorade. I am drinking one right now, and it is to die for. It is a classic vintage from, I want to say, 2007. Yellow Gatorade, the thirst quencher. Yes, I woke up a little bit hungover. Who cares? I'm not a bad person. Sometimes I just like to get a little drunky drunky. Um, <laughs> and now I am recovering with a delicious nectar of yellow Gatorade. Lemon, lime, baby. It is the flavor of champions. Thank you and good night. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Drew, uh, go ahead. Hey, what's going on, listeners? Just want to give a quick shout out to the large kombucha that I bought earlier yes. today Woo! at the grocery store down the street from where I'm currently plant sitting. It was two times the regular size kombucha. I left the grocery store and it, I dropped it, it cracked. I tried to go back into the grocery store to see if they would refund the kombucha and they refused, which was absolutely insane. That is insane. Um, so I had to buy a new one, I brought it home. Um, I've been drinking it, it's been giving me horrible, horrible acid reflux, Aww. but it's good for my digestion. Um, and you know, gotta throw it to that. Gotta Woo. give it to that. Woo. Gotta raise the roof for um, probiotics. Yes, and then, we stand um, a probiotic. We stand. We stand a probiotics, have since day one, especially with complicated digestive systems like my own. <laughs> Drew, um, what kind of kombucha is it? It's Trilogy. Uh-huh, the Trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know the brand. You know what I'm talking about. GT. Right? Yes, yeah, GT. I know, I know That's my fave. I also like lavender love. Oh, I like oh. Um, I like Hellfade. Okay. And I I love like they have one that's like carrot blood orange something. Ooh, I, that sounds good. I like the green green one. I like green too. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, the classic is always like lemon ginger. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I do love like a mm-hmm. like a re- you know like a carrot or beet like veggie forward one like that. <laughs> um, I think when we're discussing the podcast flavors we like, or the podcast flavors, the, the podcast flavors, <laughs> the kombucha flavors we like best, that's a sign that we are at the end of. Oh our my episode. god! <laughs> so just to, this episode started with me telling a story that bombed and ended with me saying something so boring that you had to then point out that that's the sign that we have to stop recording. <laughs> um, Drew, thank you so much for being here. It's been of incredible. Course. A pleasure, a real pleasure.